audience, this is excellent. Thank you so much for coming, everybody. Um, I see some familiar faces, and uh, I want to say thank you for people that even came from out of town. This is a really big deal to have. Uh, it looks pretty sold out. I can't see all the way up to the top, but uh, thank you so much for coming to support us tonight. Guess, guess, who, guess who's here tonight? Who? My mom and dad. <gasps> yeah. Hi, oh, mom and dad. <laughs> yeah. Amazing son, awesome. Um, yes. So as as you guys know, um, a while ago, a bunch of really incredible, courageous people got together and said, you know, I've had enough. I've seen enough. I don't want to see anymore. And they got together, and uh, some of them had eighteen wheels. Some of them had four wheels. Some of them had two wheels. Some of them had thumbs, you know, four legs, you know, and decided that they were going to go to Ottawa to protest the mandates, right? And as two Olympians who have represented Canada many, many times on the world stage, it was by far the greatest act of patriotism we had ever witnessed in the history of our country, and I don't think we'll ever see anything like it again. And, you know, this big, tough hockey player was, like, ugly crying on his couch, you know, watching this amazing um, event happen. And, you know, from that event, you know, sort of sparked what we're doing tonight, Canadians for Truth, because the media has been lying to us 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we wanted to create a truth media company uh, here in Canada. And, you know, this is our fourth live event and each and every event just gets better and better. Um, and as you can see in the foyer before the show, you know, it's just really great to get together and share um, in, in a love of country and a love of people and a love of, uh, of, of each other, right? Um, I personally want to speak to... Uh, that movement, I uh, might get emotional because um, I was really in the darkest of dark places. My awakening was really, really difficult, um, as many of us have experienced, because you just you discover that we've been lied to about a lot of things, and it's so uh, difficult to accept. It completely rattles your belief system, and I had lost all hope when I couldn't go into a restaurant. I couldn't go watch my son or my daughter play an activity in an indoor building, healthy person, because I didn't, I didn't get the vaccine. I mean, the list goes on what we couldn't do. And I, was, I didn't even know how I was going to continue living. That's how bad I felt. And then when I saw these, these truckers do what they did, I was like, thank you. Thank you. changed the trajectory of my my emotions my life everything 
And, um, and that was the beginning of me posting. <laughs> and it was game over. Um, I didn't think it was anything terrible to post that I was supporting a, a, um, you know, us wanting to get rid of these mandates and have freedom in our country. Um, but I immediately got annihilated and I saw instantly um, how much we were gonna be censored and canceled. And it continues. I mean- Well, I'm, I'm uncancelable, so. Right? They've been trying to cancel me for three years, and guess what? I'm still here. Still here, you know. Because um, I don't know if you know anything about my hockey career, but I didn't have too many losing uh, experiences. So, you know, I only know how to win. So, you know. <laughs> Can we turn Jamie's mic up, please? Uh, when I'm struggling, I call Theo. Yeah, is he loud? Oh, there we go. There, that's a good mic. Um, yeah, because I, Theo's done a lot of healing. As many, buddy, anybody that's following Theo and has watched him over the years, he's done a lot of healing. He's uh, an incredible um, role model for many, many, many of us, all of us, actually, because he, he's, he's done, doing the shadow work. And so when I've called him on my dark days, I have never had anybody pull me out like he's pulled me out. This is my soul brother, and we are in this together. And we aren't quitting until it's done. Thank you. But I guarantee you, each and every person who's in this audience tonight has a Jamie connection and a Theo connection, right? You know, I'm looking in the audience and I've seen so many people. Well, we have a little dog here. But so many of us in the last three years have uh, connected with people we've never met before and we're all on this journey and, and uh, you know, there's no uh, better wingman that I would rather have than Jamie, you know. We, we did that show, Battle of the Blades, you remember that? Yes, yes, where she actually turned me into a Pears figure skater. So, yeah, so it was awesome. It was awesome. Yes, I was in the best shape of my life. Anyways, I want to thank you for being here. We are going to introduce you now to our very special guest, and I'll pass this over to you. Yeah, thank you. So our guest tonight is uh, very, very special, I, not only to us, but I know to all of you. That's why you're here tonight. He's one of Canada's heroes. Also known as Big Red's co-pilot. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you have a lot of catching up to do, right? All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Chris Barber. I'm working now. Test. Can you hear me now? He'd be a yeah. great pair skater. Yeah. You would. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. You, you would. You, you would think be... you're nervous tonight? <laughs> well, we're gonna relax. Imagine ask Theo about carrying me around the ice. Yes. In a full-on black rubber suit. Full makeup. 
hair done, you know, guy liner, painted fingernails, the whole nine yards. This is the reason why I drive a truck for a living, right? I, right. We don't, we don't right. do, if we do that sort of thing in the parking lot, we you get know. beat up. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best part about Theo, though. He doesn't care. I don't care. What Good people part. think of him. <laughs> um, I love it. But, but you had also it. been a great left winger on my line, you know, in the NHL. Because I'm, I'm sure you could probably throw hands. Yeah, you? a little. Got some size, a little bit here. You are. <laughs> you're a big. That's a common thing when people see me for the first time up front. They say you're a lot bigger than you are on social right. media. So, so do, you, so do you have to have like a special seat made for your truck because you're bigger? It's it's no, it's it's, it's a regular seat. So okay. Yeah. Cool. It's been that way for many years. It's a lowrider seat, so. You know, I can still sit right on the floor of the truck, but still see right out the windshield. Yes. Right? Unlike, unlike the shorter bull haulers out there, those guys. Whereas I so need a booster. So what would Jamie need? You need a booster. Yeah. <laughs> okay, booster. That's the bonus with the truck seat. You can put a lot of air in them and raise them right up. So. <laughs> hey, you shouldn't talk. <laughs> I can eat an apple off the top of your head, so. Anyways, um, so... You know, what I find really interesting is that we're here tonight with, you know, one of Canada's heroes. And, and, uh, and, and the first thing that's written on my piece of paper is apparently yeah. you have conditions. Well, as anybody knows that we were, I was the first to be arrested out east in February on the 17th. And I uh, spent 26 hours in... in what do they say? One of the worst jail cells in Canada, Ottawa, notorious. Uh, I don't know if there's a drunk cell because I sure wasn't drunk. But um, yeah, I was released on bail on the Friday. I was given uh, conditions that I'm not allowed to support the convoy remaining in the city of Ottawa or moving anywhere else for protesting purposes. And that I'm not allowed to have contact with a couple different people, one being Tamara Leach and Danny Bulford. So yeah, we're facing six indictable offenses. Trials to take place next September 5th, 2023 in Ottawa. And it'll be a joint trial about three weeks with Tamara and I. Wow. So uh, if I go quiet, it's it's somewhere we're getting close to yeah. something that I can't talk about. So, yeah. So can, can you believe, can you believe this is happening in Canada? You know, like, you know, we, we talk about... <laughs> it, it it is right. bullshit. There's no there is no doubt about it. It is it is bullshit. Um but um like what are like what are the exact conditions of this phantom arrest of that you know what I just I I don't We've been charged with uh, so mischief, counseling to commit mischief, obstruction of justice, I believe. Uh, everything's got a counseling charge in front of it, so there's intimidation in there, and there's also uh, going against a court order. So there's there's a lot there. I'm really happy we we went to the Ottawa to the inquiry here. Yeah. You know, I would just go back last Wednesday from that. We were able to testify. We were, I was told to leave Ottawa and not return, or I would be arrested and jailed. Then I was told I had to go back to Ottawa or I would be arrested and flown back to Ottawa and jailed unless I testified. So we did that. I was first up on Tuesday and, uh, and Tamara was on, I believe, Wednesday or Thursday, I believe she was. Mm -hmm. So we were able to tell our truth and, and finally be able to speak our minds yeah. without worrying about the condition. You feel better now having I done do. that? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of good outcome came from it, I believe. Yeah. Um, 
I got to meet a lot of the, the, the commission lawyers. Uh-huh. I think they're in it for the right reasons. I believe that Justice Rouleau is a fair judge. I, I was able to speak with him a little bit. He's, I think he's a good guy. But doesn't, doesn't he mow Trudeau's grass in the summertime? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of stories about that he was appointed by Trudeau. He's okay. a liberal-appointed judge. Uh-huh. There's those rumors out there. I can see that, and everybody's concerned being that. Yeah. I, I spent two weeks in the courtroom out there, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I physically watched him, and I, I dealt with and watched how he acted, and I can I can see, I trust him. I got good. A good. I got a good feeling off of him. I really did. Commission awesome. lawyers did a really good job. Good. Yeah. You did a great job, by the way. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Really good. We were we were tuned in. Did I did I look like I was nervous as all hell? I'm actually more nervous now than I think I was in front of the commission. Oh, you did excellent. <laughs> I was very emotional watching. Well, thanks. Um, I just want to take an opportunity to introduce your wife. She's here with you tonight. Where's my little wife right there? Mrs. Yep. Barber, Rail. Yes, and your puppy. And Zippy's here. Aww. Aww. Awesome. Um, yeah, because, um, sorry, what was her name again? Rail. Rail, um, they say behind every great man is an incredible woman. I agree with that. <laughs> so... Um, and going through all of this with your husband, I, I can only, I would love to chat with you at some point about it too, but I want to ask you, how was that for the two of you? Well, we were out there for, I, I arrived out there, you know, on the, on the 28th, I believe it was, Rael flew out about a week later and then was able to take part. Um, it was, yeah, it's busy. Life has changed tremendously in the last year. And, how so? Uh, what? <laughs> I, I've been in a cop car with handcuffs on and a jail wow. cell. I'd, I'd never managed to defeat that before. Yeah. So well, I, I, I've done that too. So. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a T-shirt to prove it? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Well, in my book, uh, I got arrested uh, in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh. After a a long night of drinking and <laughs> and partying and and uh, and I I broke my cheekbone. Uh, in the last game that year. So I had surgery and I had a massive black eye and so my mug shot <laughs> um, was, uh, it's in my book actually, there's actually the mug shot. We, we found it and, and put it in the book. But the interesting thing was, was I went into the drunk tank and I passed out, like passed out. And then I woke up the next morning and I was like, kind of looking around and I'm telling you there was like 40 dudes as big as you in the drunk tank and I was like this can never happen again so, so you were in a cell with a whole bunch of other people oh yeah yeah we, they just threw us in the drunk tank I feel honored I was in a cell all by myself ah. there was a big concrete slab as I was walking into the thing you said so concrete slab you that, had that was no the bed. bed, no, no, bed, no, no, bed, no, nothing. No. no, on the way, on the way Is to the cell. Is this illegal? I, I would have to say it was. I think they were pumping air conditioning through the concrete because it was cold. Holy! Um, as I was on the way there, one of the other people in the cell said, "Make sure you ask for a roll of toilet paper." And I said, "Why?" And he said, "You'll use it as a pillow." And that's what. As a pillow. A pillow. Are we hearing this? Yeah. This is Canada. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it was all good. My time was next to nil. Uh, Tamara okay. was in there for quite some more oh. time than me, and uh, mine was pretty minuscule. So why did you get out and Tamara didn't get out? 
So that ex explained to us through the lawyers. We, what we thought happened was I was arrested on the Thursday. Uh, bail hearing was set for the 5.30 Friday afternoon before the long weekend. Um, and my wife was there as a surety. Um, she was in the Zoom call, nervous as all can be. I was in a jail cell talking on a phone like this, trying to hang on to it with the handcuffs on. And uh, we made the agreement that we were going to get back in the truck. We were going to take as many people as we knew that wanted to leave and safely leave the, the, the province of Ontario. So we, we had 24 hours to exit the city of, of Ottawa, 72 hours to exit the province of Ontario. We did that successfully. Um, wow. And then the weekend happened. Tamara had a bail hearing on the Saturday, and uh, it didn't go quite as planned. There was a lot of rough stuff that went on. And what we think happened over the weekend was the city broke apart and was in turmoil, and the judge seen that. So when Tamara came in on the Tuesday, she was mm. just a different attitude going into it, I guess. Unbelievable. I mm. want to backtrack a little bit to, you know, growing up here. You're from Swift Current. Yep, we live in a village called Stewart Valley, about 20 okay. minutes north of Sofia. Yeah. <laughs> and um, let's go back to when you were a kid, uh, or at least your past. And can you tell us how your past has developed you into such a bold, courageous, strong man today? I still wouldn't see myself as that. You but, are. Um, to my all parents. Of us. My parents just celebrated their 50th anniversary at the end of September. So wow. They. Uh, they raised us right. We're farm boys, so we were we were raised on the farm. Um, I've got a brother and a sister, still fairly close with. Um, yeah, my, I, we we live together. I live in my grandparents in the yard where the barbers homesteaded in Saskatchewan back in 1905, I believe. I'm on the homestead yard. My father is in the in the yard that he raised myself and my siblings. So, farm attitude, work hard, don't stop until the job is done. Support your family, love your family. Um, yeah, we still do that today. Mom and Dad's yard is three quarters of a mile away from my place. So. You, you must have learned some values, though, in that childhood, those childhood years. If you uh, if you do something wrong, you get your ass kicked for it. Yeah, how about I learned telling that. the truth? Yeah, if you lied, you got Tabasco sauce. Right. That happened multiple times. Yeah. My father actually used a piece of baseboard because he said, I'm tired of my hand hurting after I'm kicking your ass. So. I, uh, I had a piece of baseboard there, and I deserved every beating that I got. I, I see that now, so. You know what? I, I used to prefer my Tabasco with tequila. Yeah. So. I knew when I got home from school, I, I knew when I got home from school from the bus, if the bottle of Tabasco was on the end of the counter, oh. I knew that the teacher called yeah. home. Jeez. Multiple what, what times. About your, what about just your rights, your human rights? Did your parents, family ever talk about you know, having our having rights and speaking truth towards about that. Just they're just hardworking farming right. background people that just you know the government doesn't belong on our soil. Just leave us be. Leave us alone. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, I subscribe to as a citizen for of Canada. I have three duties. Okay, vote, stay out of jail and pay my taxes. Other than that, I do not need or want the government involved in any aspect of my life whatsoever. And to me, that's, that's what freedom's about, right? You know? But here we are sitting here tonight talking to a person that was part of an incredible movement that made a lot, millions of Canadians feel like 
there was hope. And we can't say certain things. We can't say, like, we're literally sitting here tonight going, okay, how do we say this? <laughs> Isn't it bad? We can't. No, no. That be. is what we're living with. Yeah. Just so you're aware, we can't say the obvious words that we want to about what, what took place. Thank you. But it wasn't just me, remember? Yeah, there, was exactly. a, there was a pile of people. There's one of, the, one of the guys that went, went out there is sitting in the crowd right now. His name is Dale and Aaron were here. They, uh, they're truck drivers too. Ryan, Ryan Mihalovich, he's a guy that Thank isn't you. here tonight. There's a lot of people out there that, that have a big part in this. It's not just me. So. We're going to have one huge party. <laughs> one of these days, yes. One of these days. Hopefully. You guys are serious heroes. Sorry, Theo, it's your turn. No, it's okay. I'm just so grateful. Honestly, I was so, so alone. Well, I was listening, so alone. Listening, when, when you were here for the home opener, when you guys started this, and understanding what your story was, you know, that impacted me too, listening to the way you said it, you know, you up in, in Edmonton and being canceled and people asking you to give your, your medals back because you supported something. Yeah, right? Cancel culture, I tell you. Um, I've had everything said to me that you can imagine. It's vile yeah. for standing up for our freedoms. Yeah. But yeah. they don't see it that way. Yeah, well... We, we have a systemic government abuse problem, okay? And as, a, as an abuse survivor, you know, when I came out on the other end and I did, did a little bit of my healing work, you know, I made a promise to myself that anytime I saw or was around any type of abuse, whether that was spiritual, emotional, physical, sexual, whatever you want to call it kind of abuse, I was going to call it out. And that's why I am standing in my truth today is because we have, you know, systemic government abuse at the highest levels, right? And, and we all just want to go back or make it, ma make it even better than it was. You know, that's, that's why we, we're, we're all, we're all, you know, doing this is, is for that reason. So with that being said, so you, you're a small business owner? Yes, I run a small trucking company, North American. Uh, I've got about four employees, now four trucks, and a hotshot service. We haul agriculture equipment, so if it's, if it's ag, we deal with it. We pull air drills, we do cross-border. So do you haul, haul any Burgo stuff? <laughs> Just... <laughs> one of my drivers just dropped one off yesterday. Nice. We have we have a guy that Jay is his driver, my driver's name, and he does air seeders around the province. So he's the guy that people get pissed off, 35, 40 kilometers an hour and 25 feet wide. Right. He does <laughs> the stuff that I wouldn't want to do. Right. I would load it on a trailer and haul it down the highway and make people mad, but right. he takes a lot of abuse there. So. so why don't we get like 10 million seeders and just, you know. <laughs> 35 kilometers an hour. <laughs> so there was a lady who was a part of your company that is very special to you. And she kind of held down the fort when you were in Ottawa, I understand. Is that right? It, it, My fort. wife did. There you go. Yep. Yes. And so how did the lockdown affect 
your business? Oh, it was tricky. It was uh, for the first couple of weeks of COVID when they locked everybody down. We lost our bathrooms, our coffee, our meals. Uh, we had to do things in parking lots that, that you know you shouldn't have to do in this country. And then and then and we kept going. A lot of us kept going. There was goods that needed to be hauled back and forth across the border. And you know I've got a mortgage payment, no different than anybody else. So uh, we we kept trucking. And I remember I think it was after the second week I come home to. My wife and I said, I can't do this. This is bullshit. There's, uh, you know, your, your your bathroom's outside and you've got a Contigo coffee maker in your truck and microwave and soup cans. And and, uh, and then as things progressed throughout the, the start of it, we were able to walk in and get food or meet people at the door or stand in the drive-thrus at all the fast food restaurants. I have never in my life... You're not allowed to go into the restaurant, but here you have truckers that are parking on the side of the highway and standing in. And more than one occasion, somebody would realize what we were doing and say, give me your order, I'll meet you around the corner, and then pick up your order and give it to you. That was a common occurrence for truck drivers. I, I had enough after the second week. I said I was done. But but I, I think I was only home for a week or so before she wanted me to get the hell back out of her house again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, honey. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> she wants me home lots. Well, um, there's a, a, a woman in your, in your company, and her name is Tanya. Yes, Mrs. Mitchell. Mrs. Mitchell. Would you like to tell us a little story about Mrs. Mitchell? Tanya has been a godsend. She is, uh, uh, when we were out east, she looked after everything. She pretty much ran. The drivers just went to her, and she told them what needed to be done, and Yes, she's been absolutely amazing. Uh, was, was I speaking French? Because I thought I just asked, asked You did. That. Yes. You did, but yeah. I wanted to bring up, because we, we brought yeah. up his amazing wife, who, yeah. who's done a lot of work for the company as well. But um, Joe actually got very emotional in one of our meetings talking about this night, and because she met Joe at, in Swift Current. And so when he was telling us the story about Tanya and what she said to you when she, you were leaving, like saying, hey, are you okay if I leave? And she goes, I've got you. I've got this. She did. Joe got emotional. She did. And, and she so still then we're has all us. crying on the phone going, I just love how everyone came <laughs> together to support this. Right? Tanya's here tonight too, by the way. Tanya. So. Where is Tanya too? I'll put her on the spot here. Oh, there she is. Way up there. There she is. There she is. <laughs> Sorry, Tanya. <laughs> Two amazing women in your life. Hey? Absolutely. There's a lot of them. Yeah, so. there's a lot of them. <laughs> I, I have a few too, so yeah, yeah it's important. <laughs> Tanya is uh, Tanya is the logistics coordinator for one of the biggest companies that that we work for. Uh, we haul her stuff across the border on a regular basis, and yeah. So, how did your wife give you a day off today to be here? Is that? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I worked up to it. There's brownie points that you have to hit. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm up here on the brownie points right now. Just be for the simple fact that I told her I might call her up on the stage for an introduction. Oh. Her face goes red. You know, <laughs> I won't do that, honey. But <laughs> I'm going to die. Oh, so good. <laughs> You're in trouble now. Oh. You're in trouble now. Um, Chris, I'm a big believer in that this should have been a, a personal choice, the vaccine situation. And I don't even really know why it's even a conversation with all of the truth out there. We know now what this was all about. It's out there for everybody to see, but people don't want to see it. Regardless, so we noticed that once this inquiry was finished, the mainstream media reporters um, were so surprised that you were vaccinated. Why do you think that they made such a big deal about that? 
It screws their narrative up. Exactly. Doesn't it? It does. I've been open with that right from day one, even out there showing my papers, you know, just Which like we were in 1930s in the Germany, right? Yeah. You know, you show your papers, unfortunately. But yeah, it, it screws their narrative up because they, they wanted to turn that into an anti-vaccine campaign. It was yeah. mandates. When, when, the, when the border, or when the government came out and said mandates at the border were taking yeah. effect, I was, I was mad. Were you mad? Just a little bit. I was pissed. Yeah, just a little bit. So do you have an idea even of how many of those truckers were we, vaccinated? That crossed the border? Well, well, just even during for just that in movie. general, like yeah. in your the, industry, the, the government says the Canadian truckers are about ten percent unvaccinated. I, I call bull on that. I think it's more or less forty to fifty. Provided forty, forty to forty-five. Yeah. We've lost a lot of drivers. A lot of guys have retired. Mm -hmm. They yeah. moved on. A lot of guys went to Canadian loads only. The big scary one is the U.S. drivers. When they when Canada put yeah. the mandates on, we lost a good solid forty. And they actually admitted that I think the forty five percent of American drivers quit coming to Canada. And wow. I don't know if they really even continue to come now that the mandates are lifted. Because this was the biggest thing that I kept hearing was that it was a bunch of anti vaxxers And I said, um, you actually don't know the real story to all this. I, have, I, I would put. I would guess that a lot that were there were. I've never walked into a business without a mask on. That's required a mask. Well, I never good. wanted to be the guy that made that business get a ticket by Saskatchewan Health Authority or or Alberta Health Authority. I wanted I didn't want to be the guy that caused the business to get more trouble and fine. So I always wore the mask. I hated it. I didn't want to wear it, but I wore it. So they they they're done on that narrative. They're done on the vaccine narrative, you know. Well, every narrative pretty much is gone to the wayside. We have a sitting prime minister that's that's divided this country. You got family members that don't speak to each other anymore. You've yep. got it, it's everywhere you turn, he's taken half of society and turned it against the other half, and that's not right. Leaders are supposed to lead, not divide, and that's all he's done. His arrogance has been has been overboard right for for two years. Yeah. Or later. Yeah. There was never I haven't. I still haven't really heard about how to become healthier. <laughs> like, they don't seem to be getting healthier with the vaccine, do they? No. I'm hearing lots you know of I mean? horror like from stories. From the very here. beginning, we were allowed to keep the liquor stores open, McDonald's Dope open, shops. the marijuana yep. shops, but we closed gyms, churches, like anything that was for the benefit of our health, mental, spiritually. Physically, whatever. Churches. They were holding church services in basements of buildings where oh, the lights and the windows yeah. were all taped up. So nobody Well, I heard done. they were doing church services at people's homes, yeah. like yeah, with five, ten people showing up. So. I met with a lady in Ottawa. She was at the inquiry. Yeah. She told me her story. She had six people in her house in Quebec, and the rule was four. And then she said 15 to 20 officers showed up and forcefully removed her yep. daughter and her son, arrested them. In it's Canada. All, it's all videoed, too. In Canada. Wow. I guess that's why Pastor Arthur calls those guys Gestapo, right? He's right. Yes. So, you know, there there's a really incredible story behind the scenes. I don't think that that gets talked about enough. And that story is about people finding God during during the, you know, during the trip there, when you got there, you know, all of those 
things started to happen because everybody who came back from Ottawa that I talked to said that they had had a spiritual awakening as a result of being involved with what you guys were doing. Well, Dale can contest to this out here. Um, we were on the ground 16, 18-hour days walking nonstop in frigid cold temperatures with next to no sleep. And I was sick. I believe I had COVID, the Omicron virus, but I was fine. Um, there's no way I should have had the, the ability to do that for as long as I did without something else being there of a higher power. Yeah. There's no way, but uh, you being sick, being so cold, it was minus 25, and it's a humid oh, cold. Yeah. It's, it's different, different than our cold. dry prairie crap. <laughs> it's a different it cold. It is yeah. cold. Yeah. That gets right in your bones. There's no reason why I was able to do that for as long as I did. Yeah. You know, I remember when I was arrested, I thought, oh, I get to sleep. <laughs> Wasn't so. With toilet paper. Yeah. Wow. But but did that change you as a person? That experience, like that that whole kind of spiritual experience, did that change? It took it took you know you go back a year. My wife will be number one to admit this. Angry, just pissed off, just looking for a fight wherever somebody would would start it. If I if I could post you know provocative, not provocative, but images, whatever I could just to try and get a reaction, just so you could fight with somebody. Because there was so much anger inside yeah. you. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then this happened, and it found a direction for itself to go. And, you know, you went out there, and you've seen a different side of humanity. You've seen right. every different culture out there. You've seen every – there's diversity in everywhere you look. Right. There was – And love. And love. You've seen people from Quebec standing on a street corner hugging somebody from Alberta. Oh! When, <laughs> when the hell did that happen? You know what's funny about that? So when I was moving to Montreal to skate with David, um, everybody I would tell, I'm going to Quebec, I'm moving to Quebec, they're like, oh, we won't hold that against you. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? Like, yeah, so that's awesome to see that. And we saw that from a lot of truthers that were posting stuff. And we, that, we got the real news from people that were there. There's so many people that have walked away from mainstream news. So many people get their, their, their news source now from YouTube channels, yeah. live streamers, that sort of thing. And, the, and it was no different truth. out there. Canadians yeah. for Truth. Canadians yeah. for Truth. Yes. I, tell you, I met this guy. His name is Joe. <laughs> yeah. He followed me out there. And uh, we've been really good friends ever since. Yeah, awesome. Joe. Awesome. But what I know about anger is because, uh, I don't know if you guys ever watch me play, you know. <laughs> I was I was a very angry, angry uh, almost borderline rage person, and you know when I started looking at my my anger and my rage, um, that surface thing that tells people to leave you alone. It's like protection, and what really is underneath it is sadness. And when you get to the sadness and you express emotion of tears, you're actually healing the anger when you can tap into the sadness. And, and I, I got you on my, my uh, the interview we did on, on uh, where you said to me, you said, I've never cried this much in my whole entire life. I'm not really a huggy guy. Yeah. But I had learned to hug. Yeah. Perfect strangers. Mm. You know, Tamara said it right. If she could... She could tell the amount of thousands of tears she has on her shoulder yeah. from just people tired, you know, this wore out with the way things are going. Yeah. yeah, I had grown men crying on my shoulders. Grown men would come up and tell you the story about their, their, 
they weren't able to be with their parents when they took their last breath at a nursing home because yeah. they had to die alone or over a mm-hmm. FaceTime call. Over, through a window. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, when these type of events happen, you know, and you're involved in these type of events, they change you for the rest of your life. They do. Like, I walked from Toronto to Ottawa to raise awareness around child sexual abuse. So, I walked 10 marathons in 10 days. And... At the end of that 10 days, I I was a completely changed human being because of how many people came up on the side of the road, got out of their cars, heads buried in the ground, could could barely get, you know, the words out. And, you know, to share that moment and to be able to comfort people in that way that we, you know, we're, we're supposed to be really tough guys, right? So those kind of things absolutely change you for the rest of your life and you become softer, you become kinder, you become more compassionate, you have more em- empathy for people, you know, uh, there's a lot of self-forgiveness that happens, uh, you know, through that process. So, you know, that's the thing that people don't talk about, you know, the movement or the act, the, the, you know, I call it the greatest act of patriotism in the history of the country because of these stories, right? Because at the at, when this is all said and done, we, we're going to have to heal. We're going to have to really, really heal everything that the government's done to us, you know? And, and what, what that movement did was it showed us how to heal together, right? It showed us how to heal together. And, and that's the... One of the greatest things that I picked up, you know, being kind of observant and, and in the space of healing is, is when we do things on that kind of level, amazing things happen. Amazing stories happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Can I just add to that? What I think I felt the most was I was so alone and I saw how many Canadians thought like I did. And I remember thinking, where are these people? Where have they been? Like, we're all in our homes, right? So you guys helped bring us all out and show each other that we're all in this, that's when we're in it together. You know, from the beginning of all this, we're in this together. Well, no, it was all about division. And we will ask you a question in a second here. But for me, that's what this movement did, was that it made me feel that I was so not alone. And I've now reconnected because of you guys. I have connected with thousands and thousands of Canadians that I I never knew before all this. That are did, did you know what TikTok was before? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my daughter. She put me on TikTok a few years ago. Okay. And she's doing the dancing, and you know, I love my daughter to pieces. She's my favorite child, right? So she yeah. watches it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, she put me on TikTok, and of course, I had a few more followers than her, and my TikTok lane went off into the conspiracy, the conservative kind of thing, where she stayed on the dancing thing there, but she's the one that, I'll give her full credit, she's the one that turned me on to that, and of course, I turned it into my own little playhouse. Yeah. There's no 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 hecklers up there yet, I haven't heard, so we can't troll here tonight. Big so. red network, <laughs> right? Big, net, big yes. red network? Yes. Yeah. Um. So, it's my turn. Is it? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, children. 
I want to go back to the inquiry. How do you prepare for something like this? Like, I got to be honest, I was watching that and I had butterflies. We talked even before we came out here tonight, how, how do you guys control your nerves? I'm like, we're always nervous. <laughs> but that was really intense. And you're under the gun. Like, how did you prepare for that? Well, we, we prepared for it. We've got some pretty awesome lawyers out east. Um, Eva Chipiak and Keith Wilson, Brendan Miller and Bathsheba was in there. Like yeah. these, the amount of stuff the government is throwing at these guys right now, they dump thousands of documents on them each night so they aren't prepared for the next few days. So it, it's, I've seen it. I was out there for a couple of weeks and, and uh, it's astronomical to think what they did. So, so Eva took out, uh, took me out and spent you know multiple days with me beforehand asking me questions chris what are your thoughts on this and, and putting me into the the role play of the inquiry so come the tuesday morning and i i caught off guard i was looking at this at the the schedule and thinking okay well tom morazzo is going to go before me and and bridget and pat king and all this so i'll be able to sit in the stands and watch and then get a feel for how this is going right and they changed it to Chris Barber starting first thing Tuesday morning for the convoy side of things right after uh, right after the, the old police chief. How did you feel it went? Because I thought you rocked it. I think it did good. Uh, yeah. I didn't sleep a wink the night before. I lied awake the entire night. And, and Keith caught me when we were walking down the... We walked the block and a half down to the inquiry building. And Keith said, did you sleep last night? I said, not a wink. He said, good. Uh, wow. That makes for a better testimony, you know he said. Uh. Crazy about that is that it's like you're you're being treated like you're a criminal. I because didn't. This is like you you can't sleep because what? Like you're so, because wow, you're. Wow. Yeah. Speak to that. Well, because I don't know what questions are coming. So in the uh, yeah. the inquiry lawyers, the commission lawyers get you for two hours of examination. And they get to bring up whatever they want. And, and then, of course, cross starts. So Brendan has about an hour and everybody else has 15 minutes. And when you're sitting in the chair there, the thing that you love to hear the most is the city of Ottawa has no questions. And then I went to the next one where it was the police have no questions. Yeah. And you're going to go, okay, okay, that's one more down, one more down. Counting down. Of course, you get the lawyer up there with a $400 million lawsuit on our tails right now that gets to ask his questions. So... I thought he was pretty fair with me on that. He got his cheap shots in throughout the rest of the of the, right. the time. But so, were there any specific takeaways um, from what happened in the inquiry that maybe some like that we missed that we didn't see? There was one, um, Chris Deering, which is the vet. He was arrested in front of the monument there. The Chris Deering. He testified on the Friday after Tamara with the girl, um, Megan, her mm -hmm. Megan, Maggie, sorry. Um, they cut his video out. They showed his br br brutal assault by, by the, the goons. He was beaten. Oh, yeah. to, beaten to the, the, mm -hmm. They yeah. beat the living shit out of him. Uh, he lost his war medals. He was thrown in a paddy wagon driven outside the city limits of Ottawa and dropped off on the outskirts in the middle of winter. They did that to so many people and they covered that video up for the, for the and broadcast. you were worried about answering questions? We have a prime minister for the last seven years hasn't answered one question directly ever in seven years. What what do you think? Let me ask you a question now. What do you think he's going to do on Thursday when he testifies? At the oh, it's going to be absolute comedy central. Comedy central. 
paper water bottle thingies. Um, um, um. Right? It's going to be hilarious It'll because be when he goes off script, he's, he's a complete. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He's in big trouble. So, so are you going to go to that? Are you going to, are you allowed to go with, see that? See what? The, Trudeau's testimony? I could if I want to. I have a front row seat. I, I just spent about four or five. <laughs> I, I was already gone for a couple weeks there. Well, you could you could could you auction that? Can you auction that off Uh, for charity? The seat? Yeah. Who wants to pay? Well, yeah, it's not technically mine, but I know, I know. (laughs) I'm sure we could probably get about fifty grand right now for. (laughs) Well, see, Tamara's out there for the entire part of the inquiry, and and her main goal, she told me, was to be sitting there in the front row when Trudeau testifies, so he can physically look at her. You, you gotta love. You gotta love. Yeah, my wife has to come this time. She wanted to come with me. Uh, she got the flu. What was it? The f- Saturday. I didn't realize. I thought I was testifying on like the Thursday or the Friday, right. late later in the week in November. So we were kind of not worried about it. Then it kind of looked like, hey, there's a chance you could testify on Tuesday, and I got a little freaked out. So I jumped on a plane and flew out early with Real, thinking she was gonna fly out on the Sunday, but right. but she couldn't. She got sick, and then. Uh, it sucked, but we made it. We yeah. made it. So Just talked to her on the phone lots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we have to go back for September. I hope she can make that. Yeah. I don't think I don't think you're gonna have anything to worry about. I hope so not. it'll be long over by then. Um, Let's hope so. So I know that your intent was not to become this guy okay never in a million years yeah. now so so Sorry. you know <laughs> I, I feel the same as you you know I, I just wanted to play in the nhl and i just wanted to have a great career and you know all these things just kind of happen and fall into place so people look to you for leadership now right which is a great thing right after everything that you've been through and everything that you've experienced. Do you have advice for, you know, for for people? Peace. If, if, you know, you look at everything in a different respect now. You look at it as love or, or compassion or caring or, uh, and that's what I tried to preach the most of was unity, peace. You know, give somebody a hug. And even to this day, people like to try and beat me up because I've, I'm a self-proclaimed internet troll, but I don't, I've never went after people and went after them physically. The only time I attack is when they come after me. When my name's mentioned or they come to my page and start insulting me, you open the door for me to come back after you and I'm going to come after you as hard as I can. Can you come to my page, please? I would love to. (laughs) You want trolling (laughs) lessons for Jamie. I don't know who's following me here, but I, yay, yay, yay. Twitter's an evil place. Oh. Oh, it's the worst place. It is horrible. I, I can scare the shit out of myself just by Googling my name. Well, I, I, used, I used to call Facebook the National Enquirer of social media, but Twitter has definitely taken over the title of, you know, just the most toxic, disgusting. I didn't even think people even could be like this. 
They're horrible. I see some disgusting comments on my posts on her, and I'll, I've got rules for trolling on my page. If it's disgusting and, and completely ignorant and uncalled yeah. for, I'll hit delete block. and I'll block. Yeah. Yeah. Done. Yeah. If yeah. you come with something stupid, you get a clap back, and I'll have some fun with you. Yeah. Nicely, of course. I don't think I yeah. demean them. I, I might get a little close to the word, you know, beating them up a little yeah. bit. But that they just they, you come at me. Yeah, exactly. And so I'm not, I'm not going to back down, right? I never when backed down. Tom Petty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, back to the your relationships in your life too. How did that impact you doing this? How did that impact any relationships in your life, or did you gain more? relationships definitely gained a lot of relationships i guess there's a lot of people i've met throughout the course like like joseph there you know mr yeah. burgo he was one of the first ones to reach out to me we met in belgonia i believe it was the first night and then did a talk and and then it was almost his mentoring when we were there or unorganized as much as the next person i don't think anybody knows the ins and out of it but we were not organized right off the bat even though it looked that way but we became organized because of guys like like joseph stepping up and, and just that Mm -hmm. hand on the back and, and help you through and I'll give him 110% for what he did there he was an amazing he is an amazing man yes so so what's up for Chris for the rest of the time what are you what are you going to be doing we've got a uh, lawyers I guess uh, I've never been involved with so many lawyers in my life but uh, they're the interesting first... people aren't they well, they took my cell phone when they arrested me, right? And, yeah. and then they released 4,200 pages of my cell phone evidence to the to the to the the courts when then the media. So we've got a charter challenge launched against the courts in February for that. So we'll see how that goes. Um, and then the trial. So it's just preparing for trial. And we're busy. We're we're trucking nonstop. So good. So looking over the last two and a half, three years, what would you? say to yourself if you could go back to 2019 you 2020 i definitely wouldn't change a thing <laughs> good answer it. it's been a wild Be ride proud. it has well i don't know i i cry every time i talk about what happened and uh, what you guys have done and we know that you guys gave, like I said, I'm, I'm saying this over and over again, but you guys gave so many Canadians hope and faith that there was something that was there for all of us um, that were feeling alone. And, um, you know, we, we just want freedom. And I just, <coughs> I'm so grateful to the other ones that are here tonight. I feel so incredibly ridiculous that I can't say the words I want to say, but you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, we all do. Yep. And I love you. I love all your buddies. I love that whole movement. <clears throat> and I'm. Did I ever tell you the story about the truckers? I just want to celebrate you guys one day so badly. I've always had this theory: if you put 200 truckers in a room together, somebody's going to get a fat lip or a broken nose. They could never get along. None of us. And anybody that's a truck driver out there can totally contest to that. We put how many in the city? Nobody got hurt. One of the one of the most disturbing things that I saw there was when the mainstream was setting up a camera. Let's say that let's say that this is this is it right here. The camera was facing 
the three of us, and the rest of the audience was over there where the fun was happening. And it was, this is what they were showing the people at home, what was going on. And there was Antifa, and there was other troublemakers, or there was just people like, whatever. And I just went, turn the camera around. Was that not the most frustrating thing to witness? Like I just they, they got heckled. Like the, the mainstream media got heckled, unfortunately, and they were told to leave so many places. Like that Glenn McGregor out in Ottawa. My gosh, that guy needs a life. He is a horrible human being. He comes well, into a crowd with his elbows out, and he doesn't get charged with assault when he should. When Tamara was released right. the, from jail, yes. he, he was actually physical with people in the crowd trying to get to him, and then the police they 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 helped him. The tolerant left. I see it every day. The tolerant <laughs> left, you know? My, one of my favorite tweets of this whole shit show for the last three years was when when uh, CBC talked about how it was the, the Russians that were, you know, behind it. Go they, figure. They funded us, so, right? <laughs> so I tweeted out something like, you know, my good, I just got off the phone with my good v buddy Vladimir Putin. Okay, and who, who's a really big hockey fan, and he said to me, he loves the truckers, and I sent it out. <laughs> and that went over like a lead oh balloon, Oh, right? my God. It was unbelievable. Yeah. The other side's heads were literally coming off, <laughs> popping off. What are your thoughts on Mr. Trump announcing the other day? <laughs> I should have I wore my hat tonight. Trump 2024. Well, I'm looking for a, because I'm called a, like they make fun of me in the tinfoil hat whole story. I'm like, okay, whatever. But I, I'm looking for, if anyone can find me, I want a really fancy one with sparkles and rhinestones on it. The Trump hat? Yeah. We, we, need we can take a trucker hat and like just bejewel it. Because I will own this tinfoil hat hat. Yes. I will well, own it. Every time I put my tinfoil hat in, my 5G is like lightning <laughs> fast. It is lightning fast. <laughs> so, um, well, what can I say? You know, um, I've got to know you over the last little while and, uh, you know, I... Swift Current's my, one of my old stomping grounds, you know, and I, I spent a lot of time in Saskatchewan. I was born in Saskatchewan, um, raised in Manitoba, played all my junior in Moose Jaw and played many, many games in Swift Current so where every time I got the puck, the whole, the whole entire crowd would sing the song, Pop Goes the Weasel. <laughs> yeah. And then I would go in, beat five guys, throw it top shelf, take, turn my stick over, and machine gun the whole <laughs> entire crowd. Did you, did you hear what I, we, how we started the show in Swift Current? No, I didn't. Well, I didn't know that story. He told me the story, yeah. and I said to the crowd there, I said, so he was known as the weasel here right here. And they're all like, yeah, they laughed, whatever. And I said, so now what do you think of him? <laughs> right? <laughs> Patriot Warrior. Yeah. They, they, they were very, very loud there, so they were a great crowd. I said to somebody the other day, I said, it's, you know, it's really, really cool, and I really was honored when you did this, but I'm driving down the highway, and I'm flying to Ottawa the next day, and I get a text message from Theo Fleury saying, hey, bud, 
we're thinking of you. And I thought, this is Theo Fleury texting me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but I think that's the great thing about the last three years is that, you know, a uh, humble guy from Saskatchewan stepped up to the plate, gave me hope, inspired me to stand in my truth. You know, I think that's what this whole entire... You speak your truth. That's what we did in Ottawa. Yeah. We went to the inquiry. We spoke exactly what our truths were, and we didn't deviate from it. I don't know why I was nervous crawling on that stand. I had only one thing to say, and it was the truth, and I stood yeah. behind that. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't do anything yes. wrong. Yeah. Yes. So Thank you. Thank I, I know nothing about big rigs and driving trucks and none of that stuff, but my billet that I lived with in, in Musha worked for Kingsford Briquettes. And he drove uh, a load of briquettes to Springfield, Oregon, every week. And then he'd bring the pallets back. And uh, he'd stick a couple of bottles of whiskey in the, in the front <laughs> behind the thing. I've never done that. And so every Tuesday night, every Tuesday night, it was cards and, and party at my house uh, uh, with, with my billet. And uh, he's, a, he's a great, a great guy, great man. And so, you know... Um, how 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 should we get in this in these trucks? Maybe on when when is he testifying? I'll go back to jail if there's any trucks. Somebody asked me if I hey, <laughs> would you take Big Red back east when you go for the inquiry? And they said if three people follow me. Why don't we get me? in that Big Red and no. go? What about Teslas? <laughs> Trudeau would love us. And we can pull a pull a, one of those. Um, we can attach a solar panel to it. Yeah. <laughs> Drive it down the highway. No. no, we could have a generator with a uh, tin of gas. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry cans all yeah. across the deck of the trailer. Oh, I've never had so much so fun awesome. in my life when those things came out. There was a guy walking around with a jerry can downtown, and he had this, it was flipped up like this, coveralls on, and, and he had piss jug written across his jerry can. He was hauling it around, and the cops wouldn't smell it to see what it was. <laughs> This was good. Oh, perfect way to end that. Thank you so much, Chris. And thank you to all of your buddies, all of you, the team, everybody. We just, we love you so much. We have so much gratitude for, for what you guys all did, what you continue to do. And um, I'm telling you, I forever will never forget that. For me, as an Olympic gold medalist, that was the most patriotic experience I have ever had. And I... Yeah. Thank you. So... And there's so many names out there, and I would never get through. You know, there's people in the stands in this stage right now that were there, and there's so many names that I can't get through them all. But you guys know who you are. Honestly, I remember well, a lot of faces from out there. Yeah. Well, and thank you for being an amazing audience. Um, this is our fourth one we've done, and we absolutely love doing them for you. We love being with you. We love. Uh, before, we love after, we love during. And this is really what Canadians for Truth is all about. We wanted to create a space and a platform where every single one of you is welcome. You'll have a voice. We will listen. We will 
love you if you need it, a love if will hug you if you need a hug, whatever it is and whatever it takes. You know, that's that's why we created this amazing uh, space and platform was not for us because I, I said right from day one, this is the last thing <laughs> in my life that I want to be doing, right? You know, I've had two very successful careers. One is a hockey player and another one as an author and a speaker and all those things. And, and uh, you know, I'm going to be old soon, you know? Older, yeah. But, um, but like I said, you know, abuse is abuse is abuse is abuse. And, you know, that's why I'm here. And, uh, you know, Chris, that if you ever need anything from us, uh, we are here for you and we have your back. I've also so. said that too from, from Joseph at the start, the amount of help he was for us out there, I'm, I'm at your beck and call. So anything you need from me, I'm here for you guys. So. Can you protect me? Absolutely. I will give you trolling lessons. <laughs> mum jokes are the... Uh, you can't come back against the mum joke. <laughs> Just try jokes. a mum joke. Give him a kiss. Yeah. Blow at him. I usually say, uh, even Jesus loves you. <laughs> <laughs> or, no, sorry, I mix that up. I say, Jesus loves even you. <laughs> <laughs> and God bless. Or happy yeah. awakening. And yeah. then they get so mad. <laughs> <laughs> I could teach you. I trust me. You're not going to like it, but I could teach you. Awesome. When can I get lessons? Yes. I'm all, I'm, I need to get off this stuff. <laughs> I, I also want to take an opportunity to thank all of our media team tonight for producing these incredible shows. Um, obviously, yes, to put this together takes a lot of work. And uh, this one, I have to say, I won't say we've, it's our only our fourth, but it was yeah. a really challenging one, Chris. You can't say this. You can't say that. You can't say that. I'm like, huh? Is, uh, so, thank you to our team. And there's one more person. And Heather. Where's Heather? Where's Heather? Yeah. Is Heather here? She's hiding. Where is she? Heather. So we can talk about this because Heather is on our team now. She was in radio before um, working with us and went to the convoy on her own days off. Yep. On her own days off. She wanted to witness what she was being told uh, by the media. So she went on her own five days off on her own dime and filmed it. And it was one of the first Facebook things I saw um, from the convoy. So I'm watching her and she's like, this is so beautiful. And these people were all saying hi and there was hugging and kissing and dancing and like just beautiful. You, can I tell you the story quick about Heather? Yeah. I didn't know this until I talked to her on the phone, but she's like, do you remember me? Um, I was walking through the hotel in the Sheridan, I believe, and she was walking in. She recognized me. She just kind of instinctively, hey, Chris, I love you. And I went, okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's amazing. My wife's right there. <laughs> but, yeah, so when I saw this video, uh, she came home, and she was told immediately to take this video down or you'll be fired. And she stuck, stood her ground and stood in truth and said, absolutely not, and got fired. And now, now we is. have... Now the, we got her! Now we got Woo! her! <laughs> She's amazing. Anyway, Heather, we love you wherever you are. Thank you. Heather's been all a right. big part of, you know, putting all the shows together that you guys are going to be able to see very soon on Canadians for Truth Media. And, uh, 
Yeah. So with that said, thank you, Chris. Thank you, guys. Thank and you. Uh, much appreciated, everyone. Joe. Round of applause. One more yes. round of applause. Give him a round of applause. Yes. Thank you. Thanks, guys.